This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Our NFL Divisional Recap Podcast series continues tonight with the NFC North. If you have missed the first two recap podcasts, please get back and listen to the two previous episodes. I covered the NFC East. I covered the NFC and the AFC East in the two previous episodes. So tonight covering the NFC North. So let's kick it off and let's get right to the Chicago Bears. First team that I want to recap tonight. So if we if we go into this, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee was their pick at 10. Now there's some nuance to understand that they started with one. They made the big trade back with Carolina. Then they made a draft day trade where they moved back one spot with the Philadelphia Eagles, allowing the Eagles to move up to draft uh, Jalen Carter and the Chicago Bears select offensive tackle Darnell Wright. Next up, it was the in the second round, they drafted Gervin Dexter. Okay, so Gervin Dexter was their next pick in the second round. Uh, after that, and Gervin Dexter was out of... Florida defensive tackle. Later in the second round, pick 56, they took Miami cornerback Tyreek Stevenson. In the third round, they took South Carolina defensive tackle Zach Pickens. In the fourth round, they took Texas running back Roshan Johnson. In the fourth round, they took Cincinnati wide receiver Tyler Scott. In the fifth round, they took Oregon linebacker Noah Sewell. In the fifth round, they also took Minnesota cornerback Terrell Smith. In the seventh round, they took Kennesaw State defensive tackle Travis Bell. And in the seventh round, they ended it out with Stanford defensive back Kendall Williamson. My favorite pick of all their picks was Roshan Johnson in the fourth round. This was a guy who I thought could have went off the board in round three. He was my number six rated running back going into the 2023 NFL draft. I think he's a three down player. I think he's a guy who... Obviously played behind B. John Robinson in Texas, but when you just look at what he could have been if he had a, a different opportunity, this is a guy who can run inside the tackles, can run to the perimeter. I think he'll make his living inside more at the NFL level. He makes people miss in terms of uh, picking up yards. He's got quick feet, the contact balance, the yards after contact. He can run through contact. He can break tackles. I really like Roshan Johnson. I think he could pass protect. I think he's got some pass catching upside. So I think Roshan Johnson has a real chance to eventually become either the starting running back there or the lead of a committee. I know they have Khalil Herbert right now. I know they went out and got Dante Foreman in the offseason. But, you know, Roshan Johnson drafted by this regime. Khalil Herbert was not. Dante Foreman uh, you know, signed for a cheap one-year deal there. So I think Roshan Johnson's got a real chance to develop by the middle of this year to the late part of this year is into the leader of that committee. We'll see how it kind of starts out early in the year, but I kind of expect him to work his way into the mix rather quickly. And then as the middle to the latter part of the year transpires, that him to kind of take over as the lead of that three-headed 
uh, you know, timeshare there in Chicago. My value picks, I have two of them, Tyler Scott in the fourth round and then Terrell Smith in the fifth round. If Tyler Scott would have went off the board in the second round, I don't think anybody would have been all that surprised. As somebody who was following Tyler Scott very closely, the Giants were highly interested in him. If the Giants would have made the pick at, of him in the second round of pick 57 when it took John Michael Schmidt, I think it would have been applauded as a pretty solid move. That people that would have been the range that most people thought. I think most people thought he was a lock to go in the top 100. His teammate, Trey Tucker, went ahead of him. But I, I like Tyler Scott's game. To me, there's a lot of Tyler Lockett to his game. He's got inside-outside versatility. He can be a vertical slot player. He could also play on the outside. You know, the quickness, the route running. I, I like Tyler Scott's game. I think he's a guy that... I think, and you know, I, I've had some discussions on Twitter with some fans, Bears fans. I think he was brought there to, to probably be the heir apparent to Darnell Mooney. And I know Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are both free agents after the year. But I think the, the skill set that Tyler Scott possesses is, is, is similar to what Darnell Mooney brings to the table. They This regime traded, you know, that big asset in terms of the first pick of the second round for Chase Claypool. I, I think moving forward, you're going to see Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, and then eventually Tyler Scott will assume the role of Darnell Mooney. But I, I really like the Tyler Scott pick. If he would have been, you know, I, I like both their fourth round picks more than two of their th- day two picks in, in Dexter and Pickens. Uh, so I'm right there. And then Terrell Smith was a really interesting player because they were really wide disparities in terms of what people thought about him. You know, Lance Erland had him as like one of his top five or six cornerbacks in the draft. Other people really liked him. And then other people had him as like a sixth, seventh round grade. So like, you know, they get him in the fifth round, which I, I think is tremendous value. I thought he was the guy who should have came off the board late round three, early round four. Uh, so this is a guy who I think has a legitimate chance you know, uh, we saw Woolen last year, you know, uh, for Seattle as like, I think a fifth round pick develop into a starting cornerback. I would not be surprised, you know, if, if Terrell Smith down the line develops into it. I, I don't think he's that far off. I like Tyreek Stevenson, their second round pick a lot, but I think Terrell Smith can really, you know, be a guy that can push Tyreek Stevens. And if they both become starters, great. But if not, I could see a scenario where Terrell Smith is, is not that far off of Stevenson. So I, I think they, they brought in two really talented cornerbacks. Uh, in terms of my questionable pick, I, I think you can make a couple of things. You could say, listen, Darnell Wright fills a huge, huge need that the Bears had at right tackle. But they started this process out with the first pick in the draft and, they ended up with nobody who I thought was a true blue chip caliber prospect or even a potential blue chip. Like, you know, I've been on record saying I thought Bijan and Jalen Carter were the only two blue chippers, but I thought there were other guys that had a chance, right? Whether it was Will Anderson, uh, you know, whether it was Devin Witherspoon, like there was other guys who I thought, you know, JSN, Jackson Fenton, the Jigba, there was a variety of guys. And then they move down and they take a guy who not a lot of people had as the first offensive tackle, you know, in, in this draft class. And, obvi- you know, obviously they must really like him. Maybe they liked him even more in Paris Campbell. We'll never know. Uh, but other t- other people, you know, like Skaronsky more, Broderick Jones, you know, so they, they had their chance there. You know, only Campbell was off the board. And they made that, should Jalen Carter have been the pick? Like, you know, maybe, you know, we'll never really know. So I do think you could at least question, you know, the player there they took in Darnell right after the two trade backs. 
but I think the process was really sound. When you incorporate DJ Moore into this draft class, that makes it look tremendously better. When you incorporate the future picks that they have from Carolina, uh, you know, I think Carolina could be a team that still struggles next year, even with that division kind of wide open. So, you know, maybe they're looking at a top 10 pick from Carolina next year, maybe even top five. You know, so when you take that all into account, I think the, the Bears process was really good. I think their overall draft class uh, was solid. I love the two fourth round picks. I like Smith in the fifth round. I like Noah Sewell in the fifth round. I think he's a guy who last year had came out. He could have been maybe a day two prospect. I, I you know, I think day three is a little bit more appropriate for him, but I think it's a good fifth round pick. You know, Pickens and Dexter, you know, I, I think on day two, I, I, they're interesting players. I think both of them have a lot of untapped upside. You know, Pickens, a former big time five-star recruit. Dexter, a lot of people are intrigued by the overall skill set. Uh, there might have been some safer players on the board there, but they attacked an area where they needed to upgrade the defensive tackle position. They go out and get two of them right there in Dexter and Pickens. They knew they needed to plug a big hole in right tackle. So I think some of their early picks, I think, were filling needs. And maybe the value wasn't ideal where they got Darnell Wright, Dexter, and Zach Pickens. Um but I do think they filled some big needs there. And then I do think they got some really good value uh, with, with Johnson, Tyler Scott, Noah Sewell, and Terrell Smith. So I do think they they had some need picks, filled some holes, and also got some good value picks later on. And then they still have that extra draft capital for next year. They got DJ Moore. So I think the process was a sound process uh, by the Chicago Bears. We'll see if it plays itself out. We take this over to the Detroit Lions in the first round after some trading around. They got Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs. Later in the first round, they took Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell. At pick 34 in the second round, they took Iowa State, I mean, Iowa tight end Sam Laporta. At pick 45 in the second round overall, they took Alabama defensive back Brian Branch. In the third round, at pick 68, they took Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. At pick 96 in the third round, they took Western Kentucky defensive tackle Broderick Martin. In the fifth round of pick 152, they took William and Mary offensive tackle Colby Sortzel. And in the seventh round at pick 219 overall, they took North Carolina wide receiver Antoine Green. Let's talk about my favorite pick. My favorite pick was Brian Branch by far. I thought this was a guy who was a top 20 player in this class. Whether you want to play him at a nickel corner, whether you want to play him at free safety, a versatile piece for the secondary. Uh, I, I love, I think he fits a big role for them in terms of they have a need branch should step right in and be a big part of that secondary so he was my favorite pick by far he was also a tremendous value pick uh if i'm gonna another guy who i would consider a value pick is hendon hooker i never bought the round one you know hype you we heard pick 12 we heard picking the you know the 20s where minnesota was i always thought hooker was coming off the board day two i always thought he was a, a, a round two type player so for for uh the lions to get him in the third round of pick 68 overall i really like the value there of hendon hooker i think he could play behind jared goff for a year or two and then maybe get an opportunity uh, to be the starter there down the line there on a really, really talented team, you know, with a lot of talented pieces on their offense. In terms of their questionable picks, I do think you could list a couple things here. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Broderick Martin, I think they are all you can question each and every one of those. Somebody might even say, what about, you could question Sam Laporta. He took him over Michael Mayer. I, I, you can question that too. You can make the question about the trade down from number six. I know they, I think they wanted Devin Witherspoon. So you can 
make the case that they lost out on him, you know, but if you wanted a running back, I still think you could have stayed at six and, and this taking B. John Robinson and then still got in Jack Campbell later in round one. You would have lost out on that pick early in the second round where, where you took Sam Laporta. But I, I think if you ask me, would I rather have B. John Robinson or would I rather have, you know, Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta? I think I'd rather have B. John Robinson, a, a true blue chip player, but they, they chose the latter. They, they, they preferred Gibbs and then the tight end at the top of the second. So, you know, the players themselves, you know, you can question this, but the players themselves are, are guys I really do like. I, I've been saying that I think Jameer Gibbs is an Austin Eckler type player and, and they maybe saw that over Bijan and, and said to themselves, you know, we think for our offense in terms of what we have here, the pieces in play, you know, we need a guy who can, who can be like that, you know, Austin Eckler type role. You know, some people have used the comp to Alvin Kamara, even though I don't see what Jameer Gibbs because a very drastic size difference, but that, that stylistically type of player. And maybe that's what they were looking for here. So, I mean, I think it's an interesting one that, you know, that's what we're talking about here in terms of, in terms of that. But, you know, I do think it's one of those things where, uh, I do really like the players themselves. I just am not sure that I, I'm not sure that I like the, uh, you know, the, 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 the process in which they went about doing it. I think that's the part where, you know, there's definitely some, some questions about whether or not they got good value for those picks, uh, you know, is debatable. But all in all, I, I do, when you collectively look at what they brought in, the needs that they filled, the value that they found, I do think it was a strong draft because I really do like Sam Laporta and I do like Jack Campbell and I do like Jameer Gibbs and I love Brian Branch and I like Hendon Hooker and I even think Antoine Green in the seventh round is an interesting flyer. So, so I do think it's one of those things where, you know, you got players that I think are going to have tremendous help in terms of integrating into their team. I think they're going to be guys that fans really like in Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell. They, they fit the, 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 the character that they want, you know, to instill there in Detroit. But I do think there are some question marks. Should they have just taken B. John at six if they really wanted a running back that early? You know, should they have pivoted if they wanted Devin Witherspoon to Christian Gonzalez? Or when they moved back to 12, they could have taken Deontay Banks or Emmanuel Forbes if they weren't high on Christian Gonzalez. They could have taken one of those guys at 18 if they really wanted a cornerback, right? Instead of Jack Campbell. And then maybe they could have taken Jack Campbell in the second round and, and then maybe waited on the tight end. So there were other things they could have done that I think would have attacked bigger areas of positional need in terms of positional value. Uh, but they chose this path, but I think it's going to make them a better team. We won't know if, you know, based on how things play out, if they miss an opportunity to maybe get areas and positions that are a little bit more uh, value. It's clear they are not looking at the positional value thing all that much in terms of devaluing running backs or devaluing off the ball linebackers. You know, they had a different approach here. So I think it's a, I think it's an interesting draft. I don't love the process, but I do like the individual players that they got. And I do think they will make a difference. If we keep this moving and go to the Green Bay Packers, in the first round, I picked 13. It took Iowa Edge, Lucas Van Ness. In the second round, I picked 42. They took Oregon State tight end, Luke Musgrave. In the second round, they also took wide receiver, Michigan State wide receiver, Jaden Reed, at pick 50. At pick 78 in the third round, they took South Dakota State tight end, Tucker Craft. In the fourth round, they took Auburn edge, Colby Wooden. 
In the fifth round at 149, they took Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford. In the fifth round, they took Virginia wide receiver Dontavian Wicks. In the sixth round, they took Bowling Green defense tackle Carl Brooks. In the sixth round, they took Auburn kicker Anders Carlson. In the seventh round, they had four picks. They took Kentucky cornerback Carrington Valentine, Central Michigan running back Lou Nichols III, Iowa State safety Anthony Johnson Jr., and Charlotte wide receiver Grant DeBow. My favorite picks were their two day two picks, Lucas, uh, uh, Luke Musgrave and, and Jaden Reed. I, Luke Musgrave was my number one tight end in this class. I think his ceiling and his upside is higher than any other tight end in this class. I think he's got the frame and the, the demeanor to be a functional to good pass blocker, but I think he's got the upside to be a great pass catcher, a guy you can, a, a, a guy you can develop into a focal point of your offense, similar to how we've seen teams in the NFL, you know, make their tight end the focal point of their offense. I think he's got a George Kittle like upside in three years. If he was my, the best tight end in this class, I would not be surprised if he didn't get hurt this year. I think he would have been tight end one. I think he would have put up a monster statistical season. Then he would have tested out as the best athlete of the bunch, you know, and he had, and he would have had the prototypical frame. So I think if he doesn't get hurt this year, he has a great season, combines that with a great athletic testing plus prototypical size and frame. I think he would have been tight end one in this class. I think he would have went ahead of Dalton Kincaid, ahead of before Michael Mayer, before Sam Laporta. So I love the Luke Musgrave pick. Uh, Jaden Reed, I think he's one of those guys. He's not great at anything, but he's pretty much good to very good at everything. He's got inside-outside versatility. He's a really good route runner. He's electric after the catch. He's a great return guy, which translates to great, you know, open field skills in terms of yards after catch ability. And to me, he really complements what they have there. You know, they, they had Christian Watson. They have Romeo Dobbs. Now they drafted two tight ends. But I think a guy like Jaden Reed fits right in there and could be your starting slot-wide receiver if you want Watson and Dobbs on the outside. Uh, when they go to eventually two wide sets, I think you could easily kick uh, Reed to the outside if he's ahead of Romeo Dobbs. And you could have Christian Watson and Jaden Reed on on the outside. So I, I like the, the fit there in Green Bay. I think it's a perfect landing spot for Jaden Reed. Uh, I could have went on with other picks. I really like the, um, you know, I, you know, I, the Lucas Van Ness is the prototypical Packers pick. He wouldn't have been my pick in the first round, but I get it. You know, power defensive end type player. He'll kick inside, you know, in sub packages and rush from the interior. So I do like it. My value picks are Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks, two defensive linemen, more defensive tackles. I think Colby Wooden's a, a really athletic player that I think he does his best work in terms of rushing from the interior, but they might, you know, they might line him up on the outside a little bit too, but I, I really like Colby Wooden on def- along the defensive line. I think he's got versatility. I think he's got some upfield penetration, and I really like Carl Brooks. You know, the defensive tackle played a lot of, on the outside too at Bowling Green, but he's a bigger guy around 300 pounds. So I think they added two versatile you know, defensive lineman there in Wooden and Carl Brooks in the fourth and the sixth round. I thought Wooden could have went off the board in the third round. And I thought, you know, Carl Brooks could have went off the board in round four or five. So I really like that. Dontavian Wicks is another guy that took another wide receiver later in the fifth round. He could have been a guy who I thought is a value pick. Some people thought he would have went off the board in round four. He ends up going off the board, uh, you know, in round five. Carrington Valentine was a guy that Mel Kuyper had a pick, you know, his number 69th overall on the big board. So that's another really strong value pick there. A guy in the seventh round who has a chance 
to compete maybe to be the third or fourth cornerback on that roster. Anthony Johnson Jr. out of Iowa State. Uh, you know, a lot of people who are really high on him, you know, Chris Collinsworth, you know, uh, thought he could have been one of the top safeties in this class. So there's a lot of people that like Anthony Johnson and even Grant DeBow, another wide receiver at the end of the draft. I thought it was a really good value pick. If I was going to question anything, well, first off, I would start with the Sean Clifford pick. I did not think he was a draftable prospect. So for him to go in the fifth round, you know, it was kind of staggering ahead of like a guy like Jerron Hall and some other quarterback prospects that were still available. I thought Clifford could have been a guy that used one of their fourth, seventh round picks on. And then Tucker Craft in the third round. I really do like him. I, I, I like Tucker Craft. But I was surprised to see another tight end there after taking Musgrave at pick 42 overall to come back at pick 78 and, and take a guy like Tucker Craft. I thought was, I also just think they don't profile all that differently. Like if one was strictly a move guy and one was a guy who can be more in line, I think they could, you know, there's, there's, I guess there's versatility between both of these guys. I think both of these guys, I thought Craft, you know, not just because of the college, but I thought he reminded me of like 80% of, a guy like, you know, uh, Dallas Goddard. And then you're talking about a guy like Luke Musgrave, who I already said before, I think could really develop into a guy uh, who's got a George Kittle-like upside. So I, I really do uh, like that combination. But it is interesting that they went with Kraft around after taking, uh, you know, Musgrave. So that, that was something that definitely stood out. Let's finish off the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, in the first round, I picked 23 overall. They took USC wide receiver Jordan Addison. In the third round, I picked 102. They took USC cornerback Makai Blackman. In the fourth round, they took LSU defensive back Jay Ward. I picked 134. In the fifth round, they took at 141 LSU defensive tackle Jacqueline Roy. In the fifth round, they took BYU quarterback Jaron Hall. And in the seventh round, they took UAB running back D. Wayne McBride. My favorite pick was Jordan Addison. Uh, Jordan Addison was a guy who, he was my fourth wide receiver in this draft class. But in terms of the Vikings, I, I really liked the pick there. They had this gaping hole next to, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson in that lineup and you look at a guy like Jordan Addison he's got inside outside versatility I know he's 170 pounds but I do think he's got the ability to play on the outside as well but he can line up in the slot plenty there so I think I think Addison adds another dynamic weapon that they desperately needed there Adam Thielen has moved on so I think I like I really like the Jordan Addison pick if it wasn't Jordan Addison I think they could have won a cornerback like Deontay Banks uh, they chose to get the wide receiver there at pick 23. And I think it, he goes into the perfect situation where he doesn't have to be the, the one. He could be the, the, he doesn't have to be the alpha wide receiver, which I'm not sure he really profiles best as that. But with Justin Jefferson there, I think he pencils right in and is a guy who could be a really, really productive number two there. So I really like the Jordan Addison pick. Uh, in terms of my value picks, Dwayne McBride in the seventh round is just staggering. This is a guy who I really thought could have been an early date three. So round four, round five, there's obviously some uncertainty long-term with Dalvin Cook. McBride gives them an, op an opportunity there to maybe be a part of the mix there if they move on from Dalvin Cook, if they trade him during the year, if something happens before the season starts. Obviously, they brought back Madison as well. Uh, but McBride is a guy who I think is an early down runner. This guy's got starting traits as an early down runner. Doesn't offer much in terms of the pass game. 
but this is a guy who's got starter traits in terms of his running capabilities. Uh, Jerron Hall in the fifth round, we saw this massive run on quarterbacks go earlier in, in the fourth round, and I think Jerron Hall's talented than all of those quarterbacks who went in in the fourth round. So I like the Jerron Hall pick there uh, at pick 164 overall in the fifth round. My questionable pick, I would say, is Makai Blackman. I didn't see anybody have Makai Blackman as a top 100 pick. I actually liked the player, but I thought he was more of like a fifth round type prospect, fifth, sixth round. I did not see him as a guy in many top 100 boards. He was not in Lance Zerline's top 100. He was not in Daniel Jeremiah's top 100, Mel Kuyper's top 100, uh, Bob McGinn's top 100. He was not projected in many, you know, three round mock drafts. You did not see a lot of Makai Blackman. So I liked the player and I, and I think he could develop into a starter for them, but I did think it was a little bit of a questionable pick, uh, and maybe they could have got him somewhere in, in you know, with their round four pick, uh, and they could have pivoted to some a different position at that pick one hundred and two in the third round. I do like that they doubled down in the secondary. I do think Jay Ward is an intriguing piece uh, that they got from LSU, who could play some nickelback, play some free safety as well. So I think they're hoping that you know between Ward and Blackman, you know, they kind of lock down one of those starting positions in the secondary, and you add that with. Addison, and then the stabs late uh, on Jerron Hall, Dwayne McBride. I thought it was a pretty solid draft. I I, I don't think I loved it, but I but I do think it was a pretty solid draft uh, from the Vikings. I, I like the Addison pick. I like the McBride pick. I like the Hall pick. Uh, Roy could be a, a run-stuffing defensive tackle in a, in a rotational piece. Uh, and I think Jay Ward's got some versatility, and we'll see about Blackman and whether or not he can develop into a starter, uh, even though it was a little bit early uh, for my liking. If I'm just talking about favorite drafts from this class, I, I do think I would have to say that uh, the total package, especially what they got next year, I would say the Bears were, were my favorite draft. Uh, I would say that the Packers were my second favorite draft. I love the tight ends and the wide receiver that they got. You know, they had a lot of value picks and uh, guys that I really were intrigued by. So it would be one would be Chicago, two would be Green Bay, uh, three would be Detroit. Even though theirs was a little bit of a weird, I do like the total collective package that they got. And then number four would be uh, the Minnesota Vikings. So that would be my ranking in terms of my favorite draft classes uh, from this draft from the NFC North teams. So there it is, guys. If you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website, SS Football, fastest way to get there. You can still check out our premium notebooks for $9.99. You get the rankings notebook, which has all my Dynasty rookie rankings. It has our Debbie rankings. It has my draft rankings just based on film alone. Uh, you get the scouting notebook, which has almost 100 detailed player profiles on the offensive skill players that were drafted this year. And then you also you get access to the draft projections notebook. And while the draft is coming on, it's still got notes and snapshots on how over 400 players in there uh, in terms of how they win, developmental areas, all their measurements, and where they were projected to go in the NFL draft. You get all of it for $9.99. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. <music>